You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the director of Neutron, Justin Kurzel. And sometimes I watch myself. Hey, Dad. Hey, man. But I don't know who it is that I'm looking at. Do you walk dogs? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Maybe you could walk my babies for me. If I could just change it, but I don't know how. So it's that I'm stuck here like this. I don't, I don't understand what you're talking about. Neither do I. doing any harm. Leave it be. The man was a misfit, a loner. An oddball, a weirdo. so much for doing this um i just finished uh watching the movie a few days ago and gotta tell you you made a pretty uh harrowing but very effective one uh very powerful stuff i want to know how did you come across the story i mean obviously i know it was a wide news story but what made you decide that this is a story i need to tell yeah i mean it was a pretty seismic story kind of i think everyone in australia kind of knew knows where they were when you know the events happened so Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a very very sort of dark shadow over over the country and especially in sort of in Tasmania where I live. I was just I just found the script really compelling. You know, it's Sean Grant who I've worked with before. It sort of sent it to me, and there was sort of something about being in the footsteps of this individual and kind of you know being with him in in such an intimate way and and really feeling the kind of ebbs and flows of that character and. I guess at that moment that they become their most isolated and their most dangerous, that they walk into a gun store and were able to, you know, buy semi-automatics like candy, yeah. you know, without a license and without, you know, without having to register the gun. And there was sort of something about that scene that that really spoke to me and really moved me and allowed me to maybe understand how I could make it into a film. Mm-hmm. And then look, I think as, as as things kind of as as we started to sort of develop the script, but also go into sort of pre-production and the the idea of you know outliers and uh, parenting someone like this person and how us as a community sort of look after each other um, sort of started to play much more you know I've, I've found the world really familiar and recognizable mm-hmm. you know in, in, in Australia it's really taboo to kind of talk about it to mention his name and to kind of and what I just found with Sean's script was I went ah oh, wow I feel like I know this person he's the person that I crossed the road to to not pass I know that family at the end of that cul-de-sac I know that mother the mm-hmm. you know the, the Helen character I felt like I, I I you know I knew or I'd, 
there's just there was I was very surprised by how domestic and how familiar um, Sean had written the characters. So that that was some sort of something that probably evolved as we sort of started making it. Yeah, yeah. I found you mentioned that scene where he goes uh, to the gun store where that to me was definitely extremely disturbing as someone who definitely is I get emotional just always thinking about uh, gun issues, not just in America, but really all over the world. And I think your film uh, speaks to something that's very important for us here in the States to hear, which that the issues pertaining to why these violent acts break out it's it yes it is an american problem to a certain degree but there are deeper issues at the core of what's going on you mentioned parenting and all these uh, mental uh, health issues and so on and so forth i wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of explain because i think that this gets politicized way too much people sometimes see a movie like this and they go oh he's trying to sensationalize why, why are they giving any kind of airtime at all to a man that did something like this? We don't need this story. I, I want you to, in your own words, kind of debunk that and tell me and tell our audience what your intention was with this film. What were you trying to convey? Because it, it does annoy me when people, artists, are trying to bring social awareness to these issues, but they get twisted and they get you know, taken out of context. Look, I, I think why we decided to do the point of view that we did, which was from the perpetrators, for you to completely and utterly feel and see and understand at that moment that he walks into that gun shop, why someone like that should in no way be walking with a you know bag full of money and being allowed to have weapons that you wouldn't even see in a military field. Mm-hmm. That's 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 it. That's the moment. Yep. The moment is how does someone or anyone and what the hell are they doing with um, weapons that are not being used for hunting? You know, they're not being used uh, for self-defense. They're, they're, they're high-grade, you know, military weapons of extreme, you know, horror. I mean, it, that, that when the guns came out on set, and I'd never seen them, I'd just heard about them or read about them, but when you see the guns that he used that, that suddenly were, were not the literal guns that were used, but the, the replicas that he had used. It's, it's, it's astonishing. I mean, the, 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 the crew just kind of stepped back. You know, mm-hmm. their relationship suddenly with Caleb was kind of really different. You're looking at them and you're going, why, why would anyone in a, in a, in a civilised society need this, mm-hmm. need this gun? And I think that's missed a lot. <laughs> Is 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 that you know it becomes? I think discussions about about guns from gun lobbyists become about you know um, the the right to bear arms and 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 the right to be able to have a gun and to be able to protect yourself and 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 I just I just look at these guns that were sold on that day and I just go what what you know how is this gun going to be safe on our streets you know. And that's the moment, like no matter where a person's at, no matter where they are mentally, to be able to, to, be, to, be able to have access to that weaponry, that's, that's the point, you know? Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's, that's the sort of moment. And, and, and I always felt that. And, you know, I think you can, you can have an intellectual conversation about, 
a, a debate about gun reform, but there was there was actually sort of something in that scene that made me kind of go, this is just absurd. This is absolutely absurd. Yeah. And there's so nonchalant about it too with him in the store yeah. as well. Yeah. It's just kind of like, you know, and then suddenly, you know, he walks out the door. Yep. And and this person that is really struggling and is really dangerous and is really isolated suddenly has all these toys and you know it's look it, it's it's in australia we had these gun reforms that happened in six days after port arthur and it mm-hmm. completely changed the gun culture in australia when we were shooting the film you know which was sort of in november in in, in 2020 I think that the, the mass shootings in America have passed 480 just for the year. So I appreciate and understand that there's a very different conversation about, you know, gun reform in Australia as opposed to gun reform in America. It's, it's, a, it's an everyday occurrence in America. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, the film is, it, it was definitely sort of made knowing an Australian audience would watch it with a with the, with the shadow of what Port Arthur is and 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 what people feel about that perpetrator, but I also knew that that, that Americans would watch the film not knowing anything about it, mm-hmm. you know, and having a very very different uh, relationship with gun culture that Australians could not you know would just can't imagine what 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 that is. So it's really interesting, I think, the difference between the the, the, the two countries and. Um, and I can feel that in the screening. Yeah. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Well, the film did win uh, pretty big at the Australian Academy of Cinema Television Arts Awards. And Caleb Landry Jones uh, won Best Actor at the Cannes Film Festival. I did want to ask really quick about him uh, because your cast is populated by some terrific Australian actors, your wife included. Uh, but Caleb is American. And I was curious to know what qualities you saw in him uh, because I have to imagine that this would have been a role that an Australian young actor would have, you know, 
absolutely wanted to play. Uh, so what was it about Caleb that drew you to him? It was interesting, like when Sean had sort of finished the script and was sort of talking about, you know, actors that could possibly play him. A lot of the conversation was, you know, it'd be kind of great if we could find, you know, someone here in Australia that's like a Caleb Landry Jones. And, and, <laughs> and you know, he was, he was uh, you know, his, his body of work and just his presence on the screen, there was sort of something about him that <laughs> we were using as a as an example of someone that we and then and then I think we just one day just went away well what about Caleb Landry Jones well he's American he's Texan like is he going to be able to do the accent what's gonna you know mm-hmm. and we thought well let's just meet him and we we met him in Los Angeles he really responded to the script we had a great day with him there was something about him instantly just the feeling of him that felt right for the role and we thought well look you know if you can get the accent right why not and that was the biggest question mark. You know, we, we kind of knew that he, 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 we knew his skills, we knew who kind of who he was, but it was, okay, is this guy going to be able to um, pull off the accent? And I think, but you know, he, 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 he's Texan and then there's a sort of similar cadence to the, to the Texan accent and Australian accent, but, but he also had an amazing voice coach. And then he just immersed himself and watched an enormous amount of 90s Australian soap and and never kind of dropped the accent was was doing the accent the whole time and wasn't wow. until the sort of last day that he suddenly spoke texan uh you know his his you know had had his natural accent again but yeah that that's how it sort of came about it's not to say that there weren't australian actors that you know would have been able to play the role i, I just think we organically instantly thought of him and then went why not well, I thought his performance was very powerful. I think the film is very powerful. I thought you did a tremendous job uh, with this one. I love how varied your filmography has been, and I can't wait to see what you do next, Justin. So uh, congratulations so far. I know it's had a very, very long release rollout, but I can't wait for uh, American audiences in the next few days to get a chance to finally catch this one. Great. Thank you. Cheers. Absolutely. Take care. See you, mate. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to my interview with the director of Neutrom, Justin Kurzel, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Neutrom is currently playing limited release from IFC Films. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, 
punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurewitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.